You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. All I got you. Yeah, I I miss our wives. I know. Um, even though they're in, you know, per, the, the uh, not, what's the word I want, a perimeter. The, proximity. Uh, yeah, proximity. That's the, the word, word of I the want. day. Yeah, the word of the day, proximity. <laughs> we haven't done the word of the day for a while. Got to get back to that. And uh, yeah, good to be back. Good to see you. Yep. But we're all alone. No girls. Just you and me, baby. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kojak. (laughs) Hey, I met a new person yesterday who listens to Tim Talks. He goes to the HBI Institute, and I believe that uh, Steve said, I think that he married Greg Davis's daughter. So that's who it looked like. He said... uh, he said they had a wedding two, three weeks ago, something like that. So, wow! But I'm wow. I'm not on social media, so I don't keep up with all that stuff. I am on Twitter, but I mainly just peruse through there. Yeah, I I'm about ready to get off social media again for a while. I I love it because I can promote the ministry, but I don't know. I'm just tired of it. I just I don't know. It's the same old yaddy. Yeah, we need something new. So we'll see. I don't know. If it, I I just got to get on post and get off. That's what I got to do. So, it's just you know vacations, food. Uh, we're having a baby reveal. It's just the same stuff. And uh, I don't know. There's some people oh, that post some good the stuff. Individual. There's some good stuff. Oh no, not yeah. for them. But I don't care. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, somebody yeah. out there probably is saying, you know. Social media, it's the same thing. Canadian Gospel Project. Canadian Gospel Project. Canadian Gospel Project. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So that in Israel. Hey, I believe we have filled our trips to Israel, my friend. With people that are, you know, interested so far. So. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's uh, it's so never a done deal. Get to the on a waiting list. You know, still get your name right. in because yeah. generally yeah. you drop about I would think fifteen percent. You know that would originally sign up. Uh, you know may drop yeah. out once they yep. see oh that much walking oh you know something like that. Right, right. More of it's usually the finance, but yeah, get your name on a list. It never hurts, and and we're already planning for twenty twenty five. In fact, we were just. Talking yesterday, uh, Brother Pennell and I were talking about guides for 2025, so um, we'll start posting that pretty soon. We've had a tremendous uh, outpouring this time for these trips, and uh, I think we'll do that again in 25. so hopefully. I love it. I love taking people. We're going to take, uh, in total, about 110 people. Awesome. Uh, 120, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So get your name on that list today at alstone.ca for sure. Well, we're going to pick up. Um, we had the girls come in. We had an opportunity to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to pick up on some of the questions that we didn't get to do. Um, 
at HCS at the uh, chapel. We told the kids that we would do that for that them. That was a lot of for fun. for our listeners as well. It would have been it even was. more fun if my hearing aid batteries didn't go out. You know, <laughs> one went out on the way up, and then the second one went out whenever I sat down at the table behind the microphone. And so I, I was know. really hurting. Man, I felt like an absolute idiot. So, so that's appropriate. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm used to doing nursing home ministries, and I just jumped right in and went on as if nothing had happened. So, <laughs> oh, crazy. But they, well, have you got they had a lot of questions, and the ones yeah. that asked the questions, that was probably only maybe about half or, you know, a little more than a third mm. of all the questions that we got, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah. We won't get through the rest, uh, maybe even this week, but we'll take a stab at it. We'll give it a try. Yep. Here's the first question. Here's the first question. And uh, I don't have the names for all of these, but if I do, I'll try to throw it out there. So this is from um, Matthew Mallory, and this is a common question. Um, I've actually had a couple people talk to me about this, and I know we've done some podcasts around this. I don't know if we've done one specifically. We probably have, but he asked the question, how do you know if God is calling you to do something? How do you know God's calling you? And a lot of young people ask that question because as preachers, we're constantly saying to young people, you know, being ready to surrender, you know, let God call you, Mm -hmm. you know, be ready for that. How do you know? How did you know when God was calling you to do something, whether it be a call to the ministry or anything else? The simplest answer is make sure your phone is on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a special ring. I have a special ring and vibration that goes off on my phone. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Well, my dad told me whenever I asked him, how do you know that you're called to preach? And my dad said, it is a strong desire that will never go away that you feel mm-hmm. like you must fulfill. And mm-hmm. And so, you know, that... That's about the best way that I can still describe being called to preach. Um, and and then other things are more of the leading. I, I couldn't necessarily say I was called to be the pastor at North Columbus Baptist Church. I think technically I could, you know, show some mm-hmm. verses and things. But, but I, I didn't feel like it was a calling as much as the Lord was leading and giving me a burden to come here if he opened the door. And, uh, you know, I was seeking for confirmation. Uh, So I think most things in my life since being called to preach have been a strong leading. But, you know, a call, you know, to me is is different. It's just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So so maybe, you know, we use that word a little bit too much. You know, I was called to go here. I was called to go there. I was called to do this. And uh, but I think that the, the Lord will always confirm it whenever he does mm-hmm. give that burden. And then you surrender and then he confirms it. So it like nails it down in your heart and solidifies. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the same thing. It's just there's an excitement that comes when God calls you to do something. It just, it stirs you. And every time that you hear someone mention it or you think about it, there's an excitement that comes to your life. There's also a bit of a fear that comes when you think that God has chosen you to do his bidding in some way. It's a, it's, it's a scary thought Amen. at times. But I, 
and I just I saw God open so many doors. We talked about God opening doors. I just saw things begin to fall into place that made it very possible for me to do what God had called me to do, that which I thought was impossible. He showed me it can be done, and this is how it can be done. And he would start lining those things up, not with my pushing, not with my you mm-hmm. know effort, but just things would start to come into play. And you, you could see it, obviously. And part of it is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's part of what he does. Um, he, he helps direct us in what we do. And when you're soft and pliable and open to the Lord's will in your life, he will direct you. And, and you know, Proverbs tells us... Um, he, he will direct our path and he does do that. And uh, so that's what I would say that, yeah, you just, you just know. And I tell people as you get older, maybe if you're a younger teenager listening today, um, you know, when you fall in love, you just know. It's more than just the excitement of a girl liking you back or a guy liking you back. It's, it's a deep-seated passion. And I would say that was it for me. I, I had a deep-seated passion. Good. Amen. All right. Next question. If you sin before you die and didn't ask forgiveness, do you still go to heaven? All right, go ahead and take the lead on that and I'll follow. Okay. So the Bible tells us that when we're saved, we're saved. Amen. Uh, we completely believe in this. I, and some of these students, I don't know if they all go to a Baptist church. I think there's some kids that maybe go to other churches. And this would maybe be someone who is in church that doesn't believe in eternal security. Uh, we do. We believe that once you're saved, you're saved. Um, if you fall away from the things of God, uh, like many Bible characters did, we could name some high-profile Bible characters that fell away from God and, and out of his will. They didn't lose their salvation. They had to repent and come back and turn away from their sin and come back to the things of God. Um, they had to get restored in a right fellowship with God. And once they did, then they could go on and serve God. So there's no point in a Christian's life where we have to make sure that we have forgiveness right up until the time that we, you know, take our last breath. We have forgiveness from God the day we ask for salvation. And that is taken care of from the time that we pray that till the time that we die. There are times when we do have to get right. Like a child, my children are always my children. They they cannot Mm -hmm. disavow that. And there are times when my kids and I had disagreement and my kids maybe didn't want to talk to me or my kids rebelled uh, just as I did as a child or a teenager. Um, But I never lost that relationship. And so we should constantly, I think every day, confess our sins. But if there's a time when I forget or there's a time when I get behind on that, God does not hold me um, responsible to have that accounted for so that I can go to heaven or before I go to heaven is what I would say. Yeah, all of our sins are already washed away. The moment Mm -hmm. I got saved at five years old, all of my sins, past, present, and future, were all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So right then, God saw me as sinless so I could go to heaven. 20 years later, God sees me as sinless so I can go to heaven. 40 years later, Mm -hmm. I've been saved 57 years, uh, God still sees me as sinless, so I'm able to go to heaven. So uh, that punishment for my sins has been all washed away completely by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the reason that Mm -hmm. we want to confess our sins is so our relationship with Jesus Christ is correct. And I don't want to get this too fine line cut 
because certainly God is uh, God, and and it's He has three personages. But yet, even Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." But um, right. we want that right fellowship with the Lord. I don't confess my sin, so I can somehow have the opportunity to keep going to heaven. I need to confess my sin in order to have a better relationship, or rather fellowship, with the Lord Jesus Christ, because my my relationship will never change. I am adopted mm. into his family, and that's settled and done. Now, I can be a bad son, or I can be a son who pleases the Father. And so that's what I want to be, is a son that pleases the Father. I don't want to be a son that displeases the Father all the time. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, as a Christian, you, you want to ever be ready to meet the Lord. Amen. Forget dying. How about the rapture? I think we're seeing some signs of the coming of Christ, and uh, you could be raptured out at any moment, and we don't know when we're going to die. You just never know. So we should be ready always to be ready to be in the Amen. presence of the Lord. So it doesn't give us an opportunity to backslide. And that's and that's what those who don't believe in eternal security will say, well, then you can just go ahead and sin and you know, just before you die, you can confess all your sin, and then you're good with God. No, no, that's not what we believe at all. We believe that you should always be walking in the presence of Christ in a, in a right relationship with him, being as free from sin as we possibly can. So that's where we should be. Yeah, in uh, Romans 7, it says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. That's in our body. We, Our body is sinful, and so it's always going to be fighting against the flesh, fights against the spirit, and the spirit fights against the flesh. I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity in the law of sin, which is in my members. So that's the problem mm. that uh, it's we have a sinful body, our sinful flesh, and that's the fight. And so it, it is not mm. so much... It, I'm probably mis-explaining this, but it's not so much the soul that's sinning as much as it is the body. Now, we can't we mm-hmm. can't use that as an excuse. You know, well, it wasn't really me, it was my body. It, no, we still, we've sinned. But, but the source of the problem is not the soul that has been saved. The source of the mm-hmm. problem is the body, which is just full of sin. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Next question is, do you have a favorite psalm that's been a help to you in your ministry? A favorite psalm. And Hmm. uh, I wonder if they mean a spiritual song or one of the psalms itself. um, I would think just any of the psalms, any of the psalms. So Hmm. I would, while you think about it, I'll give you mine. I had a chance to think about it while you were answering the last question. So I'm going to take Psalm 1. And verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and who and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Um, that to me was, especially as a young person, if a young person's asking, that was the one for me. Walking not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standing in the way of sin, nor seated. So, so there's a progression there. You're walking, you're standing, you're sitting. And the, the longer you linger with those that are not 
good Christians, the more trouble you're going to get into. And I had to learn that the hard way, like most people do. But that, even as an adult, has really helped me that it, it shows me a clear path how to please the Lord and how to have a fruitful Christian life. And, um, you know, I've done a little agriculture in my life, lived on a farm for a little bit, worked on farms growing up. So I understand some of those things being like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That water source, Amen. boy, that's that's important to any any kind of growth in both you know humanity and in the plant world, uh, animal kingdom as well. So having that river of water or rivers of water, that living water of Jesus Christ, gives us our growth. So that would be mine. Psalm one one to three would be mine. Amen. Yeah, that's a great point about the people around you that influences you for ill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. just to be transparent, I had a real problem with that. And uh, I mean, I really had to go to the Lord in prayer. And he moved that obstacle in my life out to St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada. So, you know, it, <laughs> my spiritual growth and, and just vibrancy just exploded yeah. and excelled, you know. <laughs> Sometimes... Sometimes you have to take a plant out of poor soil and put it in better soil. (laughs) (laughs) I had to be repotted. (laughs) I've always loved in ministry. um, I probably have used the early part of Psalm 119 a lot. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. You know, and then, but... Another aspect of ministry, as far as like a foundation of understanding people, is uh, for me Psalm 19. I I refer to Psalm Mm -hmm. 19 a lot. I've probably preached out of it maybe 12 or 15 times in in some manner uh, where it talks about that the heavens declare the glory of God. You You have creation that speaks to us. Our conscience speaks to us. And the scriptures speak to us. And so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a tremendous, tremendous psalm. And then, of course, whenever it talks about the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, just all of the blessings of what the Word of God does. And whenever you really yeah. look at the different facets of Scripture itself— law, testimony, judgments, you know, all of the, all those things, it, I, I have found that to be very, very helpful in ministry. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed Psalm 22 through 26 as well. Um, yes. The aspects of Jesus Christ yes. in, those, in those Psalms. And um, I, I really, maybe as I get a little older, I don't know, but I really enjoy seeing the correlation between the Old Testament and New Testament and how the Old Testament scriptures reveal to us things in the New Testament and how the New Testament looks back and says, okay, this is it. Check that off. I love that and really having a good time studying that. I'd encourage our listeners to do that. Look at at the Psalms and then look in the New Testament where that's fulfilled. Yeah, I don't think that I really preached out of the Psalms very much, maybe the first 15 years of preaching, because I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't hardly fathom the depths of it, and I still don't feel like I can, but I, I feel like now it's beginning to make a little bit more sense and be a little bit more clear to me, you know, the older I get. Right. Okay, here's our next question. Um, what is the best way to witness to a person whose heart is hardened to the gospel? Well, I would say 
make sure you use a uh, hardcover Bible and slap them upside the head mm-hmm. as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember the verse, but um, there is a verse that talks about the Bible being a hammer. Is is there not? Oh, yeah. I can't remember exactly. Is not that word as a yeah. hammer that breaks the rock in pieces, certainly. Right, right, right. There you go. So the answer, you know, most always is in Scripture. And so you're just going to constantly give them Scripture. You're right. going to, you know, the Bible says to speak truth in love. Um, and I think we need to be kind with people. I, I had a guy in my church who thought that, all he could use was the hammer, and he'd go around and just hammer people. You need to get saved, you're going to hell. You're, you know, if you don't get saved today, you're going to go to hell. And that's true, but people got very resentful and turned him off. And I had so many people that I'd say, oh, I'm from Bible Baptist Church. That guy doesn't go to your church, does he? And I said, yeah. And they say, man, he's a terrible witness at our work and so stuff like that. So I think today uh, people need you to be sincere and honest. They need you to be compassionate and understanding. And for me, I have to understand that unsaved people think like unsaved people. They don't think like Christians. They don't have what we have. And so when I approach them, I have to approach them as somebody that knows very little or nothing about the gospel. And if they do, a lot of times it's tainted or it's distorted by the devil. And they think, well, you know, churches molest children. Well, no, not all churches molest children. And, you know, that might be a denominational thing or maybe an individual church thing. Do people get hurt in churches? Yeah, sometimes. But that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at a Savior who loves us and who wants for us to have the very best. Do people pollute that? Yeah, sometimes they do. But the the purity of the gospel is that God loves you. And there's a hope. And I find this, that if I start asking people questions that they have to answer, that is the best way for me to sometimes infiltrate people's hearts that are hard like that. You know, where do you think you are going to go when you die? Where did we come from? You You know, do these things just happen? Or is there a creator? You know, start asking those questions and walk away. And then come back and say, did you ever find an answer to that question? Did you ever think about it? And to me, that opened a lot of doors, just asking questions, being concerned, being compassionate, doing gestures of kindness. It, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Today especially, it takes a lot longer, I think, to win those people to Christ. So that's where I'd go. How about you? I think that there's a fear that teenagers have that they're going to say something wrong or they've got to be a certain way and they've got to have all the answers and um, it, my emphasis that I see in the scriptures is give the word. Give the word. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the Apostle Paul said, well, some only preach Christ out of contention. <laughs> Their heart is not right whatsoever. They, they, are, mm-hmm. they are just being contentious. I'm in prison and I can't preach the gospel and go around. I can only preach to who's here. And there are people out there that are like just trying to stab me in the back and twist the knife and say, well, I can preach. And and the Apostle Paul said, well, so what? So in any way, Christ is preached. The, the whole point is the message that is going out. And so as you said, mm-hmm. you do want to give the gospel. You want to give the word of God. And... If you just are showing concern, I, I think that's enough. You know, as, as a teenager especially, you're not going to have all the answers. 
And you're going to meet a lot of people who have a hard heart, but some people, they have a hard crust, but they really have a soft heart. And mm-hmm. and so they're, they're putting up a fake, uh, a phony facade on the outside, trying to be tough, trying to, you know, be extra mean, trying to be extra hateful, but you have no idea what the Word of God is doing on the inside and how it may be crushing them on the inside. So just be faithful. Uh, I don't think you need to be fearful at all. I think you need to be bold, and I think you need to be clear. You, and, uh, you know, if that man had walked around in your town with maybe tears streaming out of his eyes saying, you're going to die mm-hmm. and go to hell, that would have been a lot different than somebody who's just right. trying to insult people. I mean, right. and and I know you, people will say, well, nobody knows your heart. Well, the Bible does say that we can discern the heart. The Bible discerns the heart. And sometimes God mm-hmm. reveals to us through the Word of God what somebody's heart is doing. And so um, it, it, it's just had that man been doing that because the Spirit of God moved him, it would have been effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look right. at Jonah. You're all going to die and go to hell. In 40 days, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to die and go to hell. Yeah. God's going to judge you. you. got 36 days. You know, I mean, and he yeah. could have cared less. <laughs> and he was sort of yeah. hoping that they would die. And so, uh, you know, the point is get the message. Get the message. Yeah. Try to be right, of course, of course. Try to be right, but get out the message. Mm-hmm. Had he get, given the gospel out and used scripture, well, I think God would have used him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, our time has gone, and uh, as you were speaking, you made reference to you know kind of a crusty person. And I worked in a bakery when I was a kid. One of the best jobs I ever had working in a bakery, and and I remember that bread coming out of the oven, that fresh bread, just soft, warm bread. And then I made a bread called crusty bread, and you'd use egg wash on the top, and it would make it hard. Mm-hmm. And when you bit into it, it was crusty, but then it was soft in the inside. So I'm I'm going to sign off today as fresh bread, and you can be crusty bread. And um, <laughs> actually, it was it was buns, <laughs> crusty buns. <laughs> <laughs> so from St. Thomas, Ontario, this is fresh bread. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being back on Wednesday when we take some more questions from the kids of Heritage Christian School. And we have a we have a good mailbag right now. We have uh, several good questions. In fact, we just got one the other day that was awesome, and we're going to get to every one of them. So if you don't hear it right away, know that we will get to it. We love them. We appreciate you. I'm Al Stone. Amen. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Please make sure you give us a rating, a review, and please subscribe. And uh, please follow my lead and try not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Maybe God will remove problem people from your life too. That's right. You'll notice I didn't say anything about the ministries I'm involved in because that's all over social media. So <laughs> I don't want to labor people <laughs> with what I'm doing. <laughs> this is Tim Talks. Have a great day. Eh? We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.